Welcome to Shall We Read a Poem? I'm Russ. Hey, I'm Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, a curveball. There's an extra syllable today. Yeah, sorry about that. It's ground shattering. (laughs) Like an earthquake. So, how did the booster treat you, Russ? Oh, the same as the dose number two. I was on my butt for a day, and then after that day, I was fine again. Okay, that's good. I just was, like, mildly not great for three days. Oh, yeah, no. I got it on Saturday, and Sunday, I felt like I had a sinus infection, and then Monday, it was like nothing had ever happened. Okay, okay, good. Not bad. And now I am boosted and... I don't know, I guess ready to take a transatlantic cruise again? I don't know. Mm, still ill-advised. <laughs> Even the bastion of nanny state that British Columbia is, even they're starting to walk back that okay. narrative. Well, probably a bad idea still. Well, I mean, it's a lot, like at what point do you draw the line? Like we're we've been endemic now for lord half of this thing yeah but a cruise is like particularly special oh no i don't mean i'm taking a cruise i just mean that at some point cruise ships will return to vancouver and also it's it wouldn't be a transatlantic cruise because i live in vancouver which is well what are we talking about today Uh, actually so there are a few possibilities and i was curious about what you were going to read because i saw a couple pairs that would go well together I am doing If I Had a Brontosaurus. Oh, I'm not. Okay, never mind. I don't have a good pair for that one. So just go. Go for it. (laughs) So go wild. If I Had a Brontosaurus. If I Had a Brontosaurus, I would name him Horus or Morris. But if suddenly one day he had a lot of little Brontosauri, I would change his name to Lori. And the illustration is a brontosaurus with lots of little brontosauri uh, milling about its it's cute. underbits. Yeah. Why did you pick this one, Russ? This is another tenuous connection, but recently I visited Toronto and went to the Royal Ontario Museum where they have lots and lots of dinosaurs. And dinosaurs are the coolest things ever, and I never grew out of being six years old because Ankylosaurus is still the best fight me. It has it's meant armor. for fighting. It has armor and a club tail. You will lose to this monster turtle. Anyway, I learned when I was a wee, as maybe you did, that uh, Brontosaurus never existed. And it was just an offshoot of Patasaurus. I learned that it did, and then it didn't, and then maybe it did. And I never got the update. And I thought that the... Like, revelation that maybe it didn't exist happened in, like, the 50s or 60s. It was, like, 1904. Oh. That's wild to me. And so they're like, no, brontosaurus was never a thing. It's They're all patasauruses. And then recently, and this study was, like, 2015 or thereabouts, where they're like, no, brontosaurus actually probably was a separate thing. Huh. So I was pleased by that because I had an apatosaurus toy i had a brontosaurus toy and i had a brachiosaur toy so i'm pleased that Lori can regain her place amongst the heavens <laughs> somewhat redeemed like pluto somewhat redeemed like pluto well um, which is a hundred percent not a planet i'm sorry to everyone out there well this poem deals also with gender and naming in interesting ways 
It does indeed, and that was not my intention with this one. But it's interesting uh, to discuss, though. I I welcome your elaborations. Well, because its name is Horus, and then it has kids, and then he's like, oh, well, clearly this Brontosaurus is able to have kids, therefore it needs a female name. But then he keeps using the he, his pronouns. And for me, Lori is not a stereotypically female name. No. I think that was the intention, was to switch it to a female name, but it's not I think stereotypically so. female. Uh, I do know lorries who are female, but then I know lorries who are male as well. Mm-hmm, also, mm-hmm. isn't like the, also that's the British word for a dump truck, or a, just a truck? Oh, yeah. L-O-R-R-E-Y? Uh, L-O-R-R-Y. Oh, okay, I put an E in there. It just, you know, sometimes they like to put E's in things, I don't know. <laughs> just like Canada and our U's. Yeah. Kalur. Well, don't you get all those extra vowels from the UK? (laughs) Yeah, just like the Queen, thank you very much. You got that from the UK. Also, I'm a whole... (laughs) I've been reading up on the Bloc Quebecois, like, party platform, and I'm starting to become more French. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Do you know any French? They are aggressively secular, and I'm a fan of that. Huh. And I know I shouldn't be like like pinko commie liberal that I am. I should be like, oh no, everyone's rights need to be respected. And then here's me. It's like unless they're religious rights, in which case I want to see the last priest strangled with the entrails of the last king. That was Just also to- not what I was talking about with Brontosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> see, I was trying to rack my brains for like of what kings you could use for entrails. Well, I mean, who's it going to be? Who's who's next in line? It's going to be King Charles, right? Right, but, you know... Unless he changes his name, which he probably will. Yeah, but there are other kings in existence right now. There's a king of Thailand. And and other priests. And other priests. So we have a lot of work to do. (laughs) Well, good thing that entrails are very long. No, it's just like France is like, nope, nope, nope. Headscarves, nope, 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 nope. That, that, That I'm not down with, though, like forbidding headscarves. I am done. Anything that eliminates religion, I am a fan of. And I'm not trying to be like an... Uh, this isn't me like putting on my Slipknot t-shirt and let's be an, be an edgelord or anything like that. It's just I... It, no. I'm a, I'm a fan of aggressive secularism. All right. <laughs> well, the good, the good news is that's not where I was going with okay, this. Okay, so let's go back. Uh, so go where I was going, going with this was possibly non-existent things. Okay. And so the Brontosaurus uh, may or may not have been a thing. It's looking like it was, so good for it. But I sent myself an email. I came across this news story and sent myself an email saying, talk about this on Shell. And again, this is Russ showing his true colors as probably a monster and being especially victim-blamey. However, this is someone taken in a romance scam and an NFT scam. And so my sympathy level is less than zero. All right. Quoting here, a nice article by Pat Foran from CTV. Ontario man out $106,000 after being blindsided by twist of two scams. Sylvester, who did not want to provide his surname, said he is devastated and left completely lost after realizing he had been conned out of his savings. And here is the sentence. I love news stories that write themselves and require zero effort. 
because this news story is encapsulated in one quote from one man. I just met this girl online, and I started to talk to her, and she said she's making some money in cryptocurrencies, and said I could too. How old is this man? This man is the ripe old age to know better. Let me. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Well, there's. I think there's a certain age where they're they're too old to know better. And but that's the thing. When I was we didn't you maybe your parents told you the same thing. Mine told me not to trust anyone I talked to online. I definitely never got that from my parents. I think I was the one telling them not to trust anyone online. Oh. If that's how you get bilked, hello, I'm a stranger that you've met on the internet. How did you make $106,000 in the first place? Like these, if you are willing to give away money to an online stranger and six figures of money, how did you have the wherewithal to put on shoes in the morning to work whatever job you did to get $106,000? That's true. Was it something that was easy like money that was easily parted with, or was it somehow very convincing? After a week of chatting online, she suggested they invest in cryptocurrencies together. Sylvester started with $500, but later invested thousands more. In total, he made 22 transactions, taking loans from the bank and a line of credit. So he didn't have that money. And at no point, at no point did he ever stop to say, am I doing the right thing? Well, it sounds like it wasn't all the, just that he was fooled. It seems that he actually like went down the cryptocurrency rabbit hole and got into it himself. If you lose your money in crypto, here's a, a, a nice bridge in Brooklyn I, I have to sell you. It seems like, uh, well, I guess my question is, did he lose all the money to this person who was catfishing him or did he lose it all on his own through cryptocurrency because bitcoin took a dive or something like that no no no. this was to the person because she this romance person was controlling his investments i see they they coined a wonderful neologism ah yes they coined a neologism that was that pun was intended all right Now, criminals are combining the two types of fraud, adding a twist to dating scams that some are calling (laughs) Crypto-Rom. Oh. Oh, No one is calling it that. That doesn't trip off the tongue, does it? No. Crypto-Rom? That sounds like some, like, Y2K detective game or something like that. (laughs) Crypto-Rom. Crypto-Rom. Canadians like Sylvester lost more than seventy million in twenty twenty one to investment fraud and another forty million to romance scams. <laughs> oh, here's another one. In November, CTV News Toronto spoke with a woman who lost eighty thousand in a crypto scam after connecting with a man on a dating website. Hmm. All the lonely people. Where do they all come from? I don't know. I just feel like Apparently Ottawa. <laughs> yeah, Ottawa. I mean I feel bad for people. They're just very lonely. How terrible does it make me where... To me, this isn't even a criminal offense. You are Barnum and Bailey at this point. You are just finding suckers and taking them for their money. I mean, the best way to be a con person was to be a con... Would be to... 
be a con person in such a way that you left them happy with what they got <laughs> out of being con. Like it was an enjoy. Was- it may have been all all fake, but it was an enjoyable experience. What he did was this Sylvester person. He voluntarily handed over a whole lot of money to someone that he may or may not have thought that he had a romantic chance with. How is that? What's the difference between that and OnlyFans? Uh, you don't make as much money through OnlyFans. Well, if you're in the top, you know, 0.1% of creators. OnlyFans seems honorable to me and uh, scamming people out of their money because they think they have a chance doesn't. Uh, I think they're both pretty honorable professions. <laughs> this, is know, not maybe... a, this is not a lot to do with a brontosaurus, my dear. <laughs> possibly non-existent things that is to say uh, if someone offers you a chance at money on the internet they are not an existent thing no that's true this person is not extant i would say source has a much greater chance of being real i would say even in real life if someone offers you a chance to make money it's usually not real oh yeah things that find the lady yeah things that seem too good to be true usually are Always are. Well, what are you talking about today? Alrighty. Colors. My skin is kind of sort of brownish, pinkish, yellowish, white. My eyes are grayish, bluish green, but I'm told they look orange in the night. My hair is reddish, blondish brown, but it's silver when it's wet. And all the colors I am inside have not been invented yet. And there's no accompanying drawing. Thank the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you dive into your Crayola 106 pack and you take out the one labeled viscera. <laughs> I have... Go, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I want to hear what you have to say. I have stared at this poem a thousand times. There are there are names for the colors that you are inside. I know that's what I that's why I'm reading it. I take umbrage with this. What what colors are you inside? It's a spectrum, and it ranges between light red and dark red, and everything inside you is one of those colors. Well, not just that, but there are actually colors that are named after internal organs. Like I have, believe I've heard people say something is kidney colored, but for sure liver is considered a color. Spleen. Let me read you part of Wuthering Heights, which apparently, <laughs> yes. which apparently Shel Silverstein was not required to read in high school. So Wuthering Heights was written in 1847, and I'm going to read you the first page or, part, or a small section of it. And this is the narrator describing the house of Heathcliff. The floor was of smooth white stone, the chairs high-backed, primitive structures, painted green, one or two heavy black ones lurking in the shade. In an arch under the dresser reposed a huge liver-colored bitch pointer surrounded by a swarm of squealing puppies and other dogs hunted the recesses. That was a missed opportunity to call the floor ovarian white. (laughs) Oh, weird. Are ovaries particularly white? Well, I know that testicles are. Testicles are pretty white. Huh. Um, I have I, I've read that ovaries are as well. So the liver liver color is uh, often used to describe horses or dogs, uh, and it's a dark brown to reddish color. 
and they're not according to wikipedia they're not really sure how that got associated with a liver because although a liver is a little bit brownish it shouldn't be dark brown or you might be sick but the first uh recorded use of liver as a color name in english was in 1686 so yeah that name for the color of a liver has been around for a very long time mr silverstein shell we've got problems we need to talk about this yeah Shell actually, Shell actually livers a color. Actually, I like the thought experiment that is think of a color that you've never seen, like the pistol shrimp do. That they can see more colors than we can see? Yeah, lots more. I suspect, they have an extra set of cones. I suspect I can see slightly more in the UV spectrum than most people. Elaborate. There are some blue and purpley colors that glow to me. particularly in flowers Mm. i can confidently say that i do not see these things and i barely see normal human hues oh i didn't are you colorblind not at all but if you tell me that that flower is a different color to that flower i'm like what's a flower (laughs) so you have a hard time telling the difference between closely very similar shades of color I usually more get into semantics because people are like, that's lavender and that's more of porcupine. And I'm like, no, they're both purple. Hmm. I don't know that I'm necessarily all that up and knowledgeable on the names of colors, but I'm pretty good at being, if you give me a bunch of colors, asking me to sort them. I can usually tell Mm -hmm. closely closely related colors apart. Uh, To any listener, porcupine is is not not a color. Oh, your vena cava is blue, apparently. Um, the pancreas is pinker than other organs. Spleen is more purple. The gallbladder, I always pictured green, but it's more blue. Hmm. Yeah, I always thought it was good to be would be kind of a yellowy, a yellowy color, but it's not. Now this thread has devolved into people talking about how they have organs that other people don't. <laughs> the palmaris longus muscle because is pretty cool because it's totally useless. Is, is it about? Is, is it something in? the forearm it is that's the one because i know there's a uh, there's a tendon that uh some people have and some people don't and i think i have one on one arm and one and i don't have it on the other to see if you have a palmaris longus touch your thumb to your pinky and flex your wrist if you have one a giant tendon should bulge out like this yep apparently i've got one I think I have one on one side and and don't have it on the other. Whoa! I have definitely have one on both sides, and the one on my right's bigger. Yeah, jeez, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> you sure I, do, Russ. I am full of useless organs. Who wants some? My, uh, <laughs> they say that uh, pinkies keep getting shorter and shorter on humans, and my pinkies are so short they're almost vestigial. <laughs> <laughs> That is a tiny pinky. Yeah. (laughs) Gloves are annoying because when I put on gloves, the gloves are always like half an inch longer than my pinky. (laughs) I learned that uh, when I've also visited the Royal Ontario Museum, I learned that whales to this day still have vestigial like back feet. Huh. You know, I think I knew that and forgot. They have kind of a kind of a pelvis. It's I'm sure they don't call it a pelvis that probably some whale name, but Coming off of this pelvis are two entirely useless little vestigial bones that once were flippers. Huh. They even had them mounted. It's like, here's your whale skeleton, and here's the tiny two useless things. Aww. God, evolution's cool. 
It is cool. And it totally left some things behind that are like, you know, do some cleanup evolution. <laughs> we don't need those whale flippers anymore. I'm sure those resources could be put up some better somewhere else. And man, I want a tail. The fact that you took tails from me, that is unnecessary. I don't know. Do you want a tail? It would just be like this fleshy rope. Yes, and w- and think of all the accessories. Think how we could accessorize them. I don't know. I just keep seeing wow. like this giant back dick. A fleshy rope. That is the best description I've ever heard, and now I extra want it. <laughs> <laughs> you like uh, I, uh, these like two-word phrases that I, I say do. sometimes. <laughs> It's always it's always adjective nouns. Yeah. If it, 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 if it's a two word phrase and it's an uncommon adjective and an uncommon noun, I love it. No. So on the subject of odd body things, you know how there are like dating sims that are like these Japanese games. Though I've yes. never been all that interested in them, but there's one that just recently came out called Sucker for Love. Okay. And all of the girls are monsters that. <laughs> have a very gr- they're like both it's both very very cute and sweet but also everything that they say is very grim and threatening huh but and it's also very kawaii and i like it's both kawaii and kawaii the monster girls are, are experiencing something of a renaissance right now I'm not entirely sure why. I could probably read about like what started that, but and now with you know Demon Slayer, you've got monster girls are cute again because you know Nezuko is a literal monster. Well, these I mean these are these girls are cute, but they're also it's the game is also very self aware. It looks like so it's not just like mm. oh these monsters are cute. It's also like these monsters are cute, but they're also like asking us to look at the horror of reality. I like all I, I I enjoy that. So it's not just like oh Nisa and you're stuck in my webs kind of a thing. It's not like cute in a kinky way. Give us the name of that game one more time. Sucker for love. You should look it up. Look it up and and look at the at the theme song. What is the main character like a lamprey girl or something? I don't know what that is. The things with the sucky mouth. There is the, one. The, the, yeah, there is one. There's nothing but teeth and horror. And, I think they, there's one there. Yes. Because I hear Sucker for Love, and it's like, oh, this is this is going to be an uncommon monster girl. There is a, a like a, definitely a Lovecraftian Cthulhu girl. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, on that cavalcade of nightmares, do you have anything uplifting to leave our <laughs> listeners with? I, I think the game looks cute. I think it's kind of uplifting, even if it's also like, you know, existential horror, too. Look into Sucker for Love, everybody. But now I'm obligated to play it. Thank you.